As always, today's podcast is sponsored by Fire Facilities, makers of reliable, all-American steel fire training structures built the way you train. Fire Facilities towers, burn rooms, and mobile units help you prepare to respond and survive. How long have you been in the fire service? 16, uh, so, 17 years? Uh, I started when I was 18. So back in New York, uh, in order to graduate high school, you had to have community service hours. Mm-hmm. So my mom, one of my mom's friends was like, yeah, just have him go to like the local firehouse and have him like clean and, you know, he'll get his hours like that. So she told me to do it and I got there and uh, I explained to them what I was doing. So they're like, okay, yeah, here's this packet, fill this out. So like I filled this packet out and then a week later I get a phone call. They're like, Hey, come down here. Uh, we got a membership meeting. We're going to like vote you on. And I'm still clueless. Like, okay. <laughs> so I get down there and all the guys are there and I introduce myself. And then a couple of days later they call and they're like, Hey, uh, uh, the, the membership decided to put you on, uh, you know, welcome to the department. And I'm like, what did I sign up for? Like, <laughs> I up for a membership. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. So that's how it started. So you you uh, got into it by accident? Pretty much. I got into it by accident. And my mom never liked the fact that I loved doing it. So like once I got on, I was hooked. When I I had a couple other members that were in the school I was with. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, like we'd have our pagers and we get a call and we kind of like listen to it. And as soon as we're done with school, man, I was straight to the firehouse. I'd do my homework there. I'd ride my bike there. If I didn't have my bike that day, I'd walk. I would just be at the firehouse all the time, just listening to the senior guys, learning different things, and it, it just it just took off from there. I tell you that. Um, so I've been I've been doing this for close to thirty years. It might be thirty. I might be off. Uh, and the reason I say that is somebody I came on with uh, in Lexington posted not too long ago. It's been thirty years, and I'm like, oh shit, I thought it only been twenty eight years. But anyway, it didn't matter. Uh, but to this day. There's a couple of things I really love. When I walk from my office across the bay uh, to where the wash and dryer is, so I wash all my workout gear, uh, I get to walk past fire trucks. And to this day, it still excites me. I still stop and I look and I'm like, I cannot believe I've got to do this my whole adult life. And right. then there's that smell, right? You know, that smell of the firehouse, not necessarily right. the, the fire right. the fire gear smell, but there's just a smell. So I get that. I still get that feeling today. And then probably one of my favorite things is when I go to work and it's warm that day and they have all the bay doors open, right? So wintertime, they're all closed. Everything's miserable. But it's nice when I pull in because we're right at the bottom of the park. And when I pull into the park and all the the lights are on, the trucks are shining, man, I still still get that feeling. So you were talking about like, you know, doing anything you can to get to that firehouse. You don't have to worry, man. It it stays that way. It only gets better. I love it. I love that stuff. So uh, now here's my only problem with you. I've, I've got an issue with you right away. So you and I might fight for the rest of this uh, uh, podcast, but you did some, you were, you were doing good and then you decided to do bad. You were on an engine and now you went to a ladder truck. <laughs> WTF, man. What, did you lose a bet or, or did, no, did, oh, no. did they take your high school diploma away? I mean, no, what, what, what no. happened? No. Um, so uh, pretty much, oh, let me put this thing on mute. Uh, so pretty much uh, as soon as I got in the fire service, well, when I volunteered in New York, 
it was a hook and ladder company. We had a uh, 1980 American LaFrance LTI, 105 foot open cab, and that was our ladder truck. And then the rescue was an American LaFrance uh, single axle. It had water on it, rescue truck. So I was always kind of on the trucky department, but that never really sunk in until I moved away and I got hired at Mooresville where uh, I was on an engine. And I love engine work. Don't get me wrong. But right. doing it for, I'm on my 16th year now. So uh, the this past year, we opened up our Station 6, which was going to be a ladder company. And we toured the facility. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a change. I've been on an engine for so long. I want to try truck work. And so I transferred. And I love it. Actually, when I... Uh, which we'll talk about later. But when I went to Carolina Fire Days, I took a trucking class, a truck company class. Uh-huh. And that opened up my eyes to how much work truckies do, but don't really get credit for. You know what I mean? Like there's always the 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 bigger back and forth between the engine and the truck guys, but trucking life is 100% different. Sure. But you'll have to agree, truckies don't put out fires. It's the engine man. It's the hero. So here's here's all I'm saying before you get mad at me. <laughs> what about if we make a national movement where if you're an engine guy, it says firefighter because right. we're fighting fire. But if you're a truckie, it says, you know, uh, sleepy, something like that. I'm, I'm just spitballing here, but I'm saying, you know, the heroes are on the engine. Proof is in the pudding. Well, the, the good thing with us is, so my department, we have two ladder companies. Granted, mm-hmm. they they do have water on them, so it's not a true truck company. Okay, and now we we're talking. Have, we do have a first due uh, where we will most likely can be by ourselves for a little bit before the next engine gets there. So I guess you could say it's a quint. It still has water on it. We do have hose on there. So I just wanted to just try something different. Well, I, I know you got to get this out of your system, but I hope it, it passes through you like a virus and you get back on the firefighting truck. <laughs> and for all those truckies, listen, make sure an engine guy explains these jokes to you. You will love them. I promise you. Um, <laughs> now, I do like hearing the, the, the hook and ladder. I love hearing that. You know, there's there's certain things. Uh, now, uh, I need all the truckies to kind of put their fingers in the air and not hear this part. I would love. Love, love to be on a tiller. I've never been on a tiller, not once in my entire career. No, I have not either. That would be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. I guarantee you right now when I said that about the truckies, putting their fingers in their ear, they got them both up their nose. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think I think there's a pattern, and I've established it. Um, <laughs> so you took a truckie class in uh, at a, a conference, right? right. So uh, t- who, who taught the class? What was the, tell me about the class. Uh, so like I said, it was Carolina Fire Days. It was uh, held at the uh, Charlotte Fire Union Hall in, in downtown Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I took a three-day lecture and two-day hot class. Uh, one class was, uh, I can't, I don't want to butcher the title of his class, but it was uh, by Sean Duffy, where it was talking about search culture. Oh, yes. Uh, searchable versus survivable. Right. Right. Uh, that was a really good class. Uh, def- I listened to Sean Duffy and Nick Pepper, their podcast. So oh, they're the best. Sean, it was like, wow, this is like, this is Sean Duffy. And he just looks normal guy. He's got like some tattoos and stuff. And some like, tattoos. He's got a lot. He's got a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's got, I think he's sleeved out. He had it all the way down up to his neck, but just super awesome dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, both him and Nick are awesome, uh, and they've got a fantastic podcast. And uh, I've been blessed to have them both on here, and they're they're just amazing people, man. They're just amazing people. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's great, man. That's great. Um, what else? Uh, what other ones have you gone to? Other conferences? Uh, so that was, that was actually my first conference. So I, I pretty much booked the whole week and I took as many classes as I could. So the, <laughs> next, uh, I had Dave Mellon on there who, who talked about, um, I guess it was like stress inoculation type. Yeah. Dave Mellon. So he was fantastic. His message that he tried to get across was, was fantastic. Super humble guy. Um, now you say try to get across. Are you saying that he's a horrible instructor and no. did not get it across? No, no, not. But you know, Dave listens to this podcast, yes, right? He does. <laughs> no, Dave's Dave's message was was great because um, it makes you think. Because like during, I would I would imagine most departments in house training. You know, they're like, hey, yeah, somebody's at the window. But the way he talks about it, how if you have like a mom screaming at you tugging at you as you're trying to get your work done that her child is in there, you know, that that is going to affect your composure and how you act on the fire ground. Oh, absolutely. And he's brilliant at that. And the thing about uh, Mr. Mellon there is he has such a great message and such a great way to get it out there. He, he's just a, a real joy to listen to and talk to. He does things that I doubt I would do. His dedication to the fire service goes all the way up to and past his own physical safety. Right. Because he cares. He doesn't put anybody else in any kind of harm's way. But he wants, he really, truly believes in realistic training. And I think, in my opinion, he goes down as as one of the better ones. So he's he's fantastic. So what did you think for your first conference? What did you expect versus what you saw? Was it, did you expect more or expect less and then had a great time? What was that like? So, uh, the crazy thing was I knew I signed up for three-day lecture, two-day hot class. I'm pretty sure I never really knew who was going to be teaching until the day of. So, like, mm-hmm. when you showed up in the union hall, they had it on the screen, like, uh, this class would be from this time to this time, and these are the instructors. And so I'm like, I was able to finally look and go, okay, I'm going to see Sean Duffy here in a little bit. I get to see Dave Mellon. Uh, I didn't know Cody Stretcher was going to be there at all until somebody yelled his name and I turned around. Uh, I didn't know anything about Kevin Shea. So it was kind of like, I don't want to say it was a secret or maybe I just didn't know. Right. First time there, I was just absorbing it all in. But I will buy, I will every year, they do it in in North Carolina every year, somewhere close. Mm-hmm. I will be attending every single year. Oh, that's awesome, man. And that's, that's great. And the thing about it is I, I love the FDIC. I truly do. But these smaller conferences have the same the same people, but sometimes you get more time to train with them, right. and it, there's more of a, a a way to meet and interact with them. Right. I, I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. And I would love to go. I haven't been to that one yet. I have not been to that one. Uh, but th- I really like these micro conferences, man. I really yeah. do. They're they're popping up and they're getting just great fucking people. Pardon right. my French. Uh, and then you can interact with them. again. That, that's a big deal. So when I go around FDIC, so the, the the rumor always is that Kevin Shea walks around FDIC, right? So I'm a, I'm always looking. I don't know if I go up to talk to Kevin Shea, it'd probably come out like, uh, you know, <laughs> I would be all weird and shit. Put it this way: I was last year I did the uh, Hot Wing Challenge with Dave okay. Mellon. Okay. So 
we were doing that. And as we're doing it, now you can get on uh, Fire Valor, uh, their, their YouTube page, and watch this. But you'll see me at one point, I'm talking to him, and I just completely snap out of it. And I fanboy, I go, oh, look at there. And who I'm talking about is Ray McCormick. Okay. Ray McCormick walks right past me with a Santa Claus beard. And I just, like, I totally ignored Dave Mellon for a second. I'm like, look at that. You know, I just had, I was just fanboying like crazy. But I couldn't talk to him either. Some of these people, I would just be, I, what am I going to say? Hey, I'm yeah. an idiot. You're not. Hey, glad yeah. to meet you. <laughs> I, I I definitely understand your sentiments uh, because, like, the way you explained it, I actually told several of them, I was like, can I get a picture? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm totally fanboying you right now, but <laughs> a picture. And they were like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kevin Lewis was there mm -hmm. I a picture with him. I actually took a trucky class with Kevin Lewis. Super awesome guy. Uh, definitely loves the truck work. It was, it was just the experience of it all meeting, being around like-minded firemen and really top-notch instructors just Ooh. made the whole week. It was just I, awesome. You said it right there, man. It's, it's so much more than the knowledge you get. It's the experience you have right. uh, at these conferences. And and the networking is amazing. Uh, the networking is crazy. Now, when I was a young man a million years ago, I was always told at the time FDIC was about the only one. They had a couple local ones. They were called fire schools back in the day. Right. And they would say, hey, you got to go and you got to network. You got to meet these people. And it never made sense to me. And I didn't do it. And right. if I did go to training... I would go to training and then I'd go right back home or I'd right. go back to my hotel room. Right. Way, wasted 20, 30 years like that. Now I, I try to go out of my way to enjoy the networking aspect of it. Yes. It, it. It's a non-tangible. You can't, it's, it's just something that's so valuable, but you can't really hold in your hand. You can't really count. Uh, so, hey, good on you. So have you always been a hard charger in the fire service or did you have some ups and downs? No, I've, I've always been one of the, I don't want to say like fly by the seat of your pants, but I would always do my job, but I would always kind of also stay in the shadows. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't really want the, the limelight on me. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, and I like you, I kind of feel like this is my 16th year. I don't want to say I feel like I've wasted it because that experience of being able to go out, talk to people and network mm -hmm. has shown me like, okay, for the remainder of my career, I'm going to try to go out, branch out, talk to people go to conferences. Like I reached out to you and I was like, you know what? The worst he can say is no. I'm going <laughs> to try it and we're, you know, I'm just, we're just going to see how it goes. Cause you only live one life. So right. I'm, I'm going to try to make the best out of it. Man, that is a great thing to think of. And you know what? When I first started this uh, two and a half years ago, I had no, no expectations only because I didn't, I didn't know what I was getting ready to do. So here's how I assumed it would go. I would find somebody to that knew somebody that knew somebody that might be an industry heavy hitter and I might be able to talk to him. That was never the case. The first guy right out of the bat, uh, Jared Sergi. Uh -huh. I, I was a nervous, nervous Nelly, man. He's like, brother, thank you, man. That'd be awesome. I, I, hey, I'm honored. Every single person I've talked to um, has been that way. They're the most humble, approachable, wonderful people. I haven't had one bad experience, not one. Okay. Um, the, the one that always makes me laugh, though, is Basil Ibrahim, Ibrahim from, uh, so, from Orlando. So he's last time he's like, brother, I, got, I don't know. I'm honored. I, I don't know why me, you know, there's other better people. I mean, he goes, he tells you, and then he's going to be on again, I think in May, right? Okay. I really want to talk about his 24 hour writ thing. And same thing. He's like, dude, I'm so honored. He goes, man, I, I don't know who, why me, but I appreciate you. You know, just the most humble dude. Right. right. If, 
if I was as smart as those guys, I'd be like, you can talk to my agent. Don't talk to me. Don't look me in the eye. Don't look me in the eye. <laughs> I'd be the biggest dick in the world. <laughs> Basil, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a couple months ago. He was part of a huge uh, rescue they had. They had a, a vehicle crash and the vehicle's on fire. And I'm pretty sure I had read or heard that he took his mask off and gave it to the the, the driver until they were able to get her out. So he's, he's definitely one of those. If you listen to a story, I'm pretty sure it said um, – he started working at, at a pizza restaurant and mm-hmm. was yep. like, you know what? I'm going to try the fire service and like, look how he's become now, you know? He, another one of those that has a message, has zero ego, yep. uh, and is just, he's, he's just so thankful for every single day in the fire service. He's contagious to me. And there's a lot of people like that. They're so contagious with passion. I just went, um, I just went and took uh, Coralie's class, the nine L's okay. from his book. Uh-huh. And you, I, I don't know even how to say this because I, I still I'm still marinating in all the awesomeness that was his class, but I've never and I mean never seen this kind of passion. I've seen a lot of passion. Don't get me wrong. I feel like I'm pretty passionate, right? I haven't seen anybody touches Corley Moore's passion at all, even a little bit. When he was teaching, he was pacing like a tiger, uh-huh. and he every word he said he meant, and every word that he said meant he had planned to say. I mean, he just was like. He was preaching, man. He was preaching. And it just, it gets you, I'm getting kind of, whoo, kind of goose, goose pimply talking about it. So what, let me ask you this. You're going to these things. You're meeting these people. I'm starting to get an idea that you're trying to deliver a message out there too. Uh, so I, I can definitely say, um, so I don't have Facebook, but I have Instagram. And mm-hmm. I try on my Instagram because I have a lot of other fellow firemen that work for different departments, uh, I have a couple, like, shockingly enough, uh, Billy G, Billy Goldfeather. Followers. The man himself? Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Uh, and I'm not saying that just because he follows me, but I'm just trying to de- definitely listen, listening to it was It was Fit to Fight Fire in your podcast I started with. And the mm-hmm. message that I got from those two was like, you know what? To me, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just one man, but if I can just start spreading out messages of, giving a damn about the job, positivity, mm-hmm. uh, not being complacent. Like, I feel like those words can help others like me who may be hiding in the shadows kind of, you know, come out to the light and go, you know what? I can also do that. Absolutely. So where I'm at, and I'm not knocking my department, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky to be where I'm at. One of the things I've noticed is like some of the people in my department that have this kind of passion and have this kind of message Sometimes it feels like they're getting squashed down a little bit. Like maybe it's like, oh, dude, you're too much, man. Or, or you know, I don't want to hear that kind of stuff. Right, right. Uh, and for a long time, I was that way in the sense of not squashing down uh, their message, but squashing down my message. You know, I wasn't loud. I wasn't, you know, boisterous about my, my love of the fire service. And of course, you could tell when the bug took, it took pretty good. Uh, but I think that's our that's our obligation. And I like to say that the fire service owes us nothing. We owe the fire service. And it's going to take people like you and me that get out there and go to conferences and, and, and praise these wonderful instructors and let people know it's okay to love your job. It's okay to care about your body. It's okay to realize that the only thing that really matters is not in the firehouse. It's everybody outside the firehouse. That is our job period. All stop. Right. And when you when you make that that connection, then our job is even better. Right. It's even better when you realize what you're there for, 
uh, it, it makes everything better. Now, listen, if you like fire shit like I like fire shit, join my private group on Facebook, Three Point Firefighter. Firefighters from all around the country get in there and we all talk fire stuff. It's awesome. Also, check out my Instagram, my TikTok, and my Twitter at Three Point Firefighter. And do me a favor. If you have an idea for a topic, a guest, or you want to be a guest, send me an email at threepointfirefighter at gmail.com. Our podcast today was sponsored by Fire Facilities. This Made in America company is dedicated to constructing top quality custom training structures to meet your needs. Make your training count with all steel structures that are made to last. Visit firefacilities.com for more details.